0: Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Each week, I turn to our faith and words of Scripture that can help us lead happier and more fulfilling lives. Whether you consider yourself a faithful Christian, a seeker on a personal journey of faith, or even if you don't think about matters of faith and religion very much, I hope that you find something of meaning here. Today I'm going to be talking about prayer, the language that we use to communicate with God. While most people have some understanding of what prayer is and how it works, that understanding can vary greatly from one person or one religious tradition to another. Even within Christianity, many different prayer practices exist. So I'm going to start with the explanation of how to pray that Jesus gave his disciples when they asked for instruction. This reading comes from the 6th chapter of Matthew. Jesus said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people, to be seen by them, otherwise you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by other people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, Jesus is very specific in his instructions on how to pray. First, he says that we are to pray in private. He recommends going into your room where the conversation will be between you and your God. This way you avoid using prayer as a way to show off in front of other people. He also says, keep your prayers short and sweet. So God already knows what you need anyway. Then Jesus even provides them with a text or a model prayer, which has come to be known as the Lord's Prayer, because Jesus taught it, or the Our Father, because it's of its opening words. It has become the most frequently prayed prayer among Christians. So it all seems pretty cut and dried. Pray like that. Just close your door for a few minutes, recite those 70 or so words, and you're good. Before we go that route, however, I would like to consider the context in which Jesus taught the disciples to pray. Jesus and his disciples lived in a Jewish culture with complex rules and rituals, their prayer practices among them. And Jesus believed that his own Jewish faith had been compromised and watered down by the leadership. The religious authorities had become more self-serving than God-serving. And Jesus proposed this way of praying as a corrective that would help them set a new baseline for the relationship with God. It was not meant on a limitation on how or why to pray. Just before his death... Jesus prays a long, public prayer that's come to be known as the High Priestly Prayer in which Jesus doesn't follow his teachings that prayers should be private and short. So let's look deeply into how we should pray. We can evaluate our own prayer lives and perhaps discover some aspects of prayer that we haven't considered before. Let's start off with private prayer. Prayer is a private matter as opposed to public prayer. Jesus not only taught, but practiced private prayer. Take the example of this story from when Jesus and his disciples were teaching and healing in Galilee. In Mark one thirty-five, we read, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up and went out and made his way to a deserted place. And he was praying there. Simon and his companions went searching for him. They found him and said, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, well, let's go to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there. This is why I've come. So he went into Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now it appears that in this instance, Jesus uses his prayer time as a chance to regroup, revitalize himself, connect with his God. He's busy, so he has to sneak off in the morning to get some private time. His prayer time over, however, it's time for him to get back to work. So you see, private prayer doesn't remove him from the real world, it prepares him for it. Most of us will benefit if we take some private time every day to prayer, to pray. Now, if it's impossible for us to squeeze out a few minutes at the beginning or at the end or of the day or maybe on a break in between something seriously wrong with our lives i would argue that when we are the busiest is the time we most need to take a prayer break martin luther once said i'm so busy today i'll have to spend an extra hour on my knees private prayer can take a lot of forms, from highly ritualized or rote to totally personal and individual. Now, I'll be personal. I practice regular bedtime prayer, usually lying in bed after I've first closed my eyes. For as long as I can remember, and I can remember way back, I have daily prayed the prayer that I learned in my early childhood. I think my grandma taught it to me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Sounds kind of childish, maybe. I've heard people say that it's morbid to teach a child to think about dying just in their sleep just as they go to bed. I've always found it comforting. I then have a short internal conversation with God during which I pray for others and may ask for particular blessings. Before I drop off to sleep, I silently pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, just like Jesus said to. It's pretty simple. Many people have prayer routines like mine. It's become a habit. Well, some may question the value of praying if it's just a habit. The regularity of prayer increases its value. In addition to eliminating the possibility of prayer slipping your mind, regular prayer becomes internalized. Even though we don't think about it, rote prayer builds internal spiritual strength. Roman Catholics who mindlessly pray the rosary over and over are a good example. Now, the word mindless isn't a criticism. It's important. In such a repetitive prayer, the value transcends the use of conscious language. It's a spiritual practice. One Roman Catholic woman who prays the rosary daily said, you get to a point where you feel that your I am presence is Decreeing through you that you're the vessel and that the I am presence is doing the work. You are connected to God, but it's not your power, it's God's. You're in sync with God. It's a high that's different from any artificial high that you could get. Now, that's something to experience. While there are many private prayer practices that we can participate in, public prayer is also important. For many, public prayer take, occurs in the place of worship. In most Christian churches, as well as in worshiping congregations of other faiths, prayer is an integral part of the worship service, sometimes the most important part. Prayers are used as in, at an opening and the closing of the service, but often a time is specified within the service for prayer. Corporate prayer provides the participants with a sense of power and shared purpose within the worshipers and the community. The prayers often include words of thanksgiving to God, but also prayers of intercession in which specific requests are made on behalf of other people. Sometimes individuals in the congregation or in the community or a world away, people we've never met. Intercessory prayer bestows many benefits. First of all, the congregation is communicating as a whole with God. Biblically, God relates to the community more often than to the individual. Prayer is a vital part of the work of the community. Community prayer raises the awareness of the needs of other individuals. It's a way of communicating and raising awareness of needs in the community and in the world. and also is important in that it strengthens those being prayed for because they have the knowledge of their community's support for them before God. Think how healing it is to know that others care enough about us to lift up our names before God people often organize prayer chains or groups whose specific purpose is to pray for people in need of healing or help. These groups may or not may, or may not be a part of a specific community, but they are powerful tools in loving care. I was recently talking to a young one, woman who just lost her father to COVID. Only one person a day was allowed to visit her father in the ICU, Her mother was dead, and her father had lapsed into a coma, and so she would sit alone silently with him all day. And during those long hours, she prayed. She prayed alone at his bedside, and sometimes aloud, and sometimes to herself. And a prayer chain of over 50 people had also been praying regularly for her and her father. And she told me, I could feel the power of people praying with us, even those I didn't know and haven't met. And I think Daddy knew too. He died peacefully. I don't know how I would have made it through without my prayer friends, and they're still supporting me. Prayer is a powerful act of community. Sometimes we pray regularly and habitually. At other times, our prayers are cries of desperation. And there is nothing wrong with praying out of desperation. You don't need to feel guilty about it. Like, oh, now you'll pray when you need me. No, it doesn't work that way. Even Jesus cried out of desperation. Most memorably, He cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane as the possibility of his crucifixion grew. In Matthew we read, Then Jesus came with them, his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. And he told them, them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, My soul is swallowed up in sorrow to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open Open. And after leaving them, he went again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the time is near. The Son of Man is being uh, being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. Beliefs about the power of prayer and how to pray are as many as there are people listening to me today. Maybe you pray before meals. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're comfortable asking someone if you can pray for them. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're shy about praying in public. You may have felt the power of prayer at work in your life or Maybe you're waiting for that to happen. If you pray, keep on praying. If you don't, give it a try. There is no wrong way to pray, except not to pray at all. So, if nothing else, close your eyes, pray these words with me right now. and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Until the next time, may God bless you and keep you. May God answer your prayers and give you peace. And you are in my prayers.